Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Genesis, the 12th chapter. Begin there. Genesis 12, we're going to begin there. We've been doing a series on something called the laws of God. And um, it's something how every week you... You know, there's times I don't know the direction God wants me to take, but I felt uh, inspired by the Spirit of grace to, to talk about the laws of God, not the Mosaic or the Levitical law, but the laws that God established in His Word. We know, we know two laws that is the foundation of our salvation. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it, and thy neighbor as thyself. Can I have an amen to that? And so we know that there are laws of God and, uh, uh, um, and they're, not, and they're all, all for an eternal purpose. And they're not to legislate our lives into bondage, but rather into the, more of the freedoms that God has provided for us through the, his death and resurrection. And listen, and it's faith that gives us access, number one, to the throne room of grace, where we can have access to all the promises of God's word uh, that cover every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. Last Sunday, we discovered there were two assaults on uh, humanity, and they had to do with the relational side of life. It's always that way. It's the relational side of life that Satan attacks. The first was with Adam and his connection with God. Once he transgressed God's word, spiritually he was disconnected from God, but thank God God didn't disconnect him uh, himself from man. Everybody say amen to that. He had a plan of redemption. Second of all was between the siblings, meaning an attack on the family as a whole, which, of course, is Satan's um, uh, strategy uh, even today in the days we live in. If Cain would have, listen, placed the internal warfare that was going on in his life, if he would have placed it into the hands of God, he would have conquered that situation, that warfare. He would have conquered it and would have preserved his relationship with God and, of course, with his brother. 1 John 4 says this, we, it's a song we used to sing when we were first saved. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. It was a, uh, just a chorus we would sing. And then it goes on, he that loveth not, now the word knoweth there literally is, is, the, is the word spiritual intimacy. It, that's what it means. Spiritual intimacy means you know God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Can I have an Amen. And the Bible says in Corinthians that love never fails. Hallelujah. As we consistently groom uh, our love walk on a daily basis, praise God, that law of love will preserve us, will, will take care of us, it will preserve us, it will protect us, and, uh, and our relationships will grow stronger. Now, faith, the Bible says in Galatians 5, 6, faith worketh by love. The word worketh there is the word our English word, energized. So faith is energized by love. And Satan knows that if he can steal your love walk, then your faith will become null and void of power. He knows that. That's why he tries to get us out of love. This morning, I'm going to teach a message called Embracing the Faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. We're going to look at Abraham's faith. Now, I want you to understand this. All of the, uh, the faith heroes that we talk about, are actually they're not heroes in the sense they were just common people like you and I. In fact, what's so powerful is that they weren't even born again. And yet they had faith that really, literally, literally made the impossibilities possible in their lives where God intervened with supernatural manifestations. Um, 
uh, at prayer this morning, uh, Vicki, uh, at one, t- uh, one point, Pastor Vicki said, I want you to declare out loud, I'm not sure what the exact phrase was, but it was, uh, I'm expecting something supernatural. Was it something like that? Say that out loud. I'm expecting something supernatural. Now let's all say it together. I'm expecting something supernatural. It really is. I mean, the people in the Bible, when they came to God, they came expecting to receive, and they received where their faith was, um, uh, what their faith was in. Now, Genesis 12, let's begin there in verse uh, 1. The Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Now remember, I want you to catch this, because Abraham did make a mistake. Abram, I don't want to confuse you, Abram was his name at the beginning. God changed it to Abraham in Genesis 17, I believe. And um, uh, uh, now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country, watch this, and from thy kindred, or from your relatives, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you, and I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. How many want to be a blessing in the community of Sioux Falls in the area? And it goes on and says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. So who was Abraham? Well, we know from the scriptures earlier that Abraham was a descendant of Noah. Now we know that Noah was a righteous man. So Noah was a worshiper of the unseen and eternal God, the only true and living God. It doesn't say how he tapped into that, but praise God he did. And so uh, we know that Abram had followed his ancestor Noah and worshiped the same God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So when God spoke to him, obviously, number one, uh, Abram knew the voice of God. And number two, he knew the voice of God so clearly that without hesitation, without wavering, he obeyed God. Hallelujah. So that was his faith in action. And that's what God was pleased with. That when God, when he heard the voice of God, he obeyed the Lord. And uh, God, at that point, took over uh, in the realm of uh, uh, impossibilities of his life. So he obeyed God. That is called faith. Uh, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now faith is, now, it's now. Now faith is, now isn't, uh, faith isn't yesterday, faith isn't tomorrow. Hope is for tomorrow, but faith is for today. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance there is, means the undergirding. It's the foundation Everything that you have need of, everything that, literally, every need that you have in your life, faith is the foundation of that need, okay? Um, remember, God is, I wish he was, but God is not moved by our need, he's moved by our faith. Uh, I just remember that. He's moved by your faith, not by your need. You can beg, you can scream, you can uh, weep, you can wallow, but it's, nothing's going to move the heart of God except your faith, okay? Your faith in him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's future. The evidence of things not seen. I just I try to make a very simplistic definition of faith. Here it is. Faith is trusting God that he will do what he promised in his word. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. Amen. Read that out loud together. Faith is trusting God that he will do what he promised in his word. Amen. That's why he wants you to, he told Joshua, meditate in my word day and night. That you may, watch it, that you may observe to do all that's written therein. Joshua 1.8, for then you, then you, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And everybody here wants to prosper and have good success. Can I have an amen? That is the will of God for you. When Joshua was assigned to lead the second generation of the Israelites into the promised land, God inspired Joshua with words of promise. Here's what he said. 
as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, that same promise is written in Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. So God gave that promise to us who are in covenant with God through Abraham. Amen. We're in covenant with God, so that promise belongs to us today. So whenever you're dealing with a tough situation, you can say, God, thank you that you said you will never leave me nor forsake me. But Hebrews 5, 6 says, um, so that I may say, the Lord is my helper. Say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, if he's your helper, he's going to get the job done. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and uh, there's a scripture in uh, Philippians 3. It says, Paul writing to the church, he said, uh, to the church that was giving. That's why we inspire you to give, so that you can get God working on behalf uh, uh, of your shortcomings, the things that you can't do, he will do for you. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That promise belongs to you. Another promise he gave uh, when, uh, do you remember in Philippi, the church at Macedonia was the only one that was really providing the financial needs of Paul at that time in his life. And um, it just goes to show you how people, isn't that something, how the church, all the lives that he changed, uh, they still didn't value his ministry like they should have. And so, but he says to the church at Macedonia, my God shall supply all your need. And, and then while he was going through this tough uh, place in his life, here's what he says. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. Say this. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, and it's in, some translations say it different, but here's my, my point on that. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The word Christ means the, the anointed one and his anointing. So I can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing who strengthens me. Isn't that good? Amen. It just gives a better perspective of that scripture. So just from three scriptures alone in the Bible, uh, the Bible is filled with examples confirming that we have access to the same kind of faith that Abraham operated in, which we'll see, that we'll see in a moment, supernatural results from the God kind of faith. Now, in Hebrews 11, it's actually called the Hall of Faith. And it gives us a few examples of the many in the Bible where where faith was the key to God's presence, God's strength, God's protection, and God's direction. Faith was. Faith was the spiritual force. He, he gives us examples all through Hebrews 11, which we're going to talk about Abraham. Uh, especially in the face of adversity, hardships, and conflict. I'm, I'm just telling you the way it is. You don't need faith when things are going well. You need faith when adversity hits, conflict hurts, Come on, struggles hit. Can I have an amen? That's where your faith comes in. Your faith comes... Uh, that's when you exercise your faith. When things are hard, that's when you trust God. When things are hard, that doesn't mean God has left you. That means you have opportunity. You shared that this morning at prayer. It's an opportunity for you to trust God that he's going to take you through whatever you got to get through. Say, God is faithful. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now listen to this. There was something... Uh, that Abraham and Sarah were believing for. They were believing for a certain thing, and that thing was a son. Uh, they were believing for a son. He fell in love with a woman called Sarai. And Sarai, of course, God changed her name to Sarah, the princess of, the princess of God. And uh, Sarah, um, just as a means of saying it easier to say Sarah than Sarai. And so Sarah... Uh, was barren. He fell in love with her, but she was barren. Barren from her childhood. Never could have children. And yet after 70, uh, uh, so for 60 years, there, at least 60 years, I suppose 15, 16 years old when they got married, 
They were believing God for a child and it never happened. And yet that, that desire had never left them. Just like God, just like you have desires in your life. How many have desires in your life? You'd like, you'd like certain things in your life to happen. Raise your hand if you want certain. Yeah, these little desires, don't ever forget, God never overlooks those in your life. Amen. Never. Oh, but only God's divine intervention would make this miracle happen, and only Abram's faith could make, could make this miracle happen. There had to be a divine connection for the impossible because we know that Abram was 75 years old. His wife was 65. God gave them a promise that his, his seed would multiply across the earth as, as much as the sand is in the sea, and that promise looked impossible in the natural. The 11, uh, Message Bible in Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth, li worth living. Watch this. Faith, it's our handle on what we can't see. And what, so, I mean, what does that mean? I don't, most of us wake up every morning and we have certain needs in our life. In fact, Jesus, he said this. He said, don't even take thought for your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Don't even take thought of it because my father already knows that you have needed these things. But, but, what's, the, what, what's uh, Matthew 6, says, but, thank you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Amen. All these things, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, his way of thinking, his way of doing, his way of speaking. Seek that first, and guess what? Faith will rise in your heart for everything else that you have need of in your life. Amen. I know that, you know, today, you know, there's shortages, you know, the earth is growing colder. Uh, because I'm telling you, God, God, man, I don't care what man does, the earth was created to take care of man's needs forever. The only reason there's lack is because of greed. Man, I mean, man in sin, of course, but man, you know, the earth is, is, is fine. Uh, you know, uh, the earth is fine. It's not, you know, don't freak out. It's not, that's, you know, it's not that temperatures aren't going to heat up so that you burn up. Wait, I'll get off that. I'll just keep going here. No, I'm just saying, man, God's going to take care of you. Don't, you know, don't get into all this stuff. He made millions of dollars off of this propaganda. Amen. Genesis 12. Now, so Abraham, the Bible says in chapter 4, he, he departs. Now, I'm going to skip down for the sake of time. The Bible says that Abraham, in, in, in 5, he ended up in Canaan, the land of promise. Um, uh, and verse 7 says, The Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there, the Bible says, he built an altar uh, unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And verse 8 says, There on that altar, he called upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It says, the word, it says there in Bethel. The word Bethel means the house of God. So he came to the house of God, he built an altar, and he called upon the name of the Lord. Listen, I wrote this down. The Holy Spirit said this to me. Altars are the place for calling on God and the place for hearing from God. Isn't that good? It's the place, it's the place that that's why we have an altar. It doesn't look like an altar, but it's simply a place you can come to. In fact, the Bible says he took a rock. He said, this is my altar. Come to the altar, it's where you, where you call upon God and where you can hear from God. Amen. I said amen. 
That's, what we, that's why we inspire people to come. Chapter 13. I've I got to move through this. got to get to Romans 4. Chapter 13, we find out that he, 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 um, he, he uh, early part of the chapter, he's very rich. He's very prosperous. God is prosperous. Prosperous and why? Because God always has, God always has uh, uh, provision for the vision. And so uh, he's very prosperous. But the Bible says that strife broke out between his herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. And the reason I bring that up is because God told him to leave all his relatives behind. So Lot became a problem. And so, um, so the Bible says Abraham recognized that if there's, if, uh, I mean, he's not going, he, his, his, his hearing is going uh, to be deadened by the strife that's in the camp. He won't be able to get direction needs from God. And so he, the Bible says he separated himself from Lot. And once he separated himself from Lot, you can find that in, in, um, in ver, uh, verse, I'm not going to read it, uh, verse 9, he says, separate yourself. Verse 11, they separated themselves. And verse 14, the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Abraham, this is after they separated from the strife situation, um, that um, uh, the Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now your eyes and look from the, land, uh, from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which thou seest to thee, I will give it, and to thy seed forever. So I mean immediately, once he gets that stripe out of his life, he hears from God. And God gives him the next, God gives him the vision of the promise uh, uh, that uh, was to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Chapter 14. Chapter 14. Lot gets into trouble. He's, uh, he's taken captive in his family by the enemies of Israel. So the Bible says Abram takes 300 of his servants and they go after these. They were outnumbered by, by hundreds and he, and he conquered the enemies and brought Lot back with his family. He delivered them from the enemy. And when he did, the Bible says, let's go to verse 14. The Bible says that, verse 17, the king of Sodom went out to meet Abram after his return from the slaughter of the Chedorlaomers and of the kings that were with him. And the Bible says, and verse 18, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. That is the covenant meal. That's the covenant meal. They were, they were making a covenant together. Um, Here's what the Amplified says. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, the priest of the Most High, brought Abram some bread and wine and Melchizedek, that word in the Hebrew means king of righteousness, he blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be the most high who has defeated your enemies for you. And then Abram gave tithes a tenth. He gave a tenth of all the goods that he recovered. Hallelujah. So you can see that Abram understood there was a connection between the supernatural or the tithe and the supernatural. That's why we encourage you to tithe. I know people have said that through the years. It doesn't matter what people say. They're always going to talk about something. All Pastor Bang does is talk about money. No, I want you to prosper so that you can be blessed in your life with health, with peace, with direction, with strength. Amen. I just want your life to be blessed. And I know there are preachers that take advantage of, uh, of money, you know, but we don't do that here. And we wouldn't last 36 years by doing that. Well, I mean, we do our best to be an example to you, praise God, in our lives. And, but we just want you to increase in your life for God's glory. Can I have an amen? amen. And so there was a divine connection between uh, what God willed for Abraham and the tithe. And look at chapter 15. Watch this. After he got strife out of, his, out of the camp, after he, he brought his tithe to the high priest Melchizedek. It's interesting. I wish I could talk about Melchizedek because Melchizedek there, the Bible says he had no end and no beginning. He had no beginning and no end. 
And so he, it had to have been, it had to have been Christ that he was tithing to because he ties, he ties the tithe into Hebrews 7 uh, uh, with Melchizedek and us today, okay? And Melchizedek, of course, in Matthew, Hebrews 7, he's talking about Jesus. Don't have time to go there. Genesis 15, verse 1. Now, after these things, got the strife out and brought the tithe. The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Okay, so he was childless. Let's drop down to verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord uh, came unto him, saying, this, this shall not be thine heir, but uh, it was a servant in, in, in Abram's house. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought Abram forth abroad and said, look now. I want you to get focused. I wrote this down in the Amplified. He says he brought him outside his tent into the starlight and said, look, envision, embrace this promise. I want you to see it with your eyes. Now toward the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your descendants be. Watch this. And Abram believed in, trusted in, and relied on and remained steadfast. See, there's a key. We always tell, we've had people through the years get offended because we preach the word of God. Pastor, you said if we would bring our tithes, God would bless us and nothing but hell has come against our lives. This doesn't work. He remains steadfast. 25 years he waited for his son and didn't alter his faith in God. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says that, I mean, we know the story and that in Genesis 16, the Bible says that Abraham, or Sarah was barren and she come up with an idea. Now, I know that Abraham, or Abram, or Abraham, whatever you want to call, Abraham, I know that he, he, he obviously believed in that this must be the plan of God. And so he said, she said, take Hagar, who's a type of the world, and, and sleep with her and bear a child for me. And I'm telling you, man, it didn't work out. The moment that child was born, Sarah knew it was wrong. She knew she had missed it. And the Bible says that they, she gave birth to an Ishmael. Hmm. How often have we started out in faith regarding God's promises, yet in our impatience we give birth to an Ishmael, a problem that plagues us for the rest of our lives. Uh, God knows, I mean, when you've been married 40, 46 years, I mean, whether you like it or not, you give birth to certain things. I gave birth to Ishmael cars, Ishmael trucks. Ish, I gave birth to an Ishmael uh, boat one time. I mean, I could tell you all sorts of things. I gave, Ishmael, I gave birth to an Ishmael motorcycle one time. I mean, I've had Ishmaels up the yin-yang, whatever that means. <laughs> Raise your hand if you ever had an Ishmael in your life. And it's all because we got impatient. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, I've had to live with that. So listen, finally, after 13 years of silence, from 85 years old, from 85 to 99, after 13 years of silence, Abram is nearing 100 years old, and Sarah is 90. And now he can't, he can't even produce the physical means for this miracle. Now, every, I mean, he, he's as good as dead. His wife has always been dead. And listen, when you get to the end of your rope, that's when God can move. Amen. When you get out of the way and trust him, he will do the impossible in your life. Amen. He'll make the way where there is no way. Hallelujah. Genesis uh, 17 uh, says that God come to him 
and, and, and uh, established his covenant, changed his name to Abraham. This is 13 years later. Uh, yeah, I thought about that, 13 years of silence. I don't know about you, I don't want to wait 13 years to hear from God. That's a long time. And, um, but God did speak to him, and the Bible says that Abraham, again, he established his faith in God, and he believed what God said regarding the promise. Now let's go to Romans 4, and we'll end there today. Romans, the fourth chapter. Uh, there's so many awesome scriptures uh, that you can read for yourself studying the, the, the life and the faith of Abraham. But I'm going to go to, uh, oh, chapter 21 of Genesis says that the Lord confirmed it, and Sarah gave birth to a son, and he, uh, she named him Isaac, which means laughter. Hallelujah. And uh, so, now, Romans 4th chapter, verse 16. This is the Amplified Bible. This is, this is now, this is uh, the Apostle Paul. By the Holy Ghost, he's tying this in now with us. The faith of Abraham with us today. Therefore, inheriting the promise, and I put of eternal life, because that's what he's talking about, is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith. In order that it, the gift of salvation, might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed, watch this, to all his descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents, adherents of the law, that's the Jews, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now watch this, as it is written. Now this is what he held on to. That's why you study the Bible. When God, when God says something, it is written, that is for you to plug your faith in with. That's for you to, okay, I can hook up with that. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, going, to, I'm going to embrace that as, as it belongs to me. Every promise in the Bible, you know, we make that confession, Deuteronomy 28. Read the, first four, read the first 14 verses. It talks about the blessings of Abraham. Now, in the last, it goes up to like verse 68 or something like that. And all the last verses about the curses you've been redeemed from. Hallelujah. Amen. And then in Malachi, the third chapter, uh, no, not, excuse me. Um, yeah, it talks about open up the windows of heaven. But uh, uh, yeah, open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing or a benediction or a word from heaven for your life. Amen. And so those promises belong to you. And so that creates faith on the inside of you when you read those and say, oh, God, thank you. Those things belong to me. Let's go on. As it is written, I have, I have, that's past tense, I have made you the father of many nations. Now he was appointed our father in the sight of God whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. What The King James, I'm going to read the King James of that. Brother Hagin taught us uh, this scripture years ago. I'm too, we got so inspired by it. And um, uh, the King James says this. Um, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. So God, God didn't, God wasn't moved when Abraham got in the flesh in regards to Hagar. He didn't go, oh my goodness, boy, I'm telling God. I mean, Abraham, you messed up. Um, my whole plan has been aborted. No, God's plan still was fulfilled. Can I have an amen? amen. Me meaning, God knows, uh, God knows that we don't have it together. He knows that we're gonna mess up, but it doesn't change the validity of his word. What does that mean? You can still get back in it, hallelujah, and receive the promise. Amen. I mean, you can mess up a hundred times and get back in and say, sorry, Father, I'm connecting with you and receive the blessing that, uh, that, that blessing, his word can never change. 
His promise can never change. And so, and now watch this. So, he calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, what does that mean? He, his whole plan was redemption. And so he spoke it forth. And when his word went forth, Isaiah 55 says, my word which goes forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing where to it's sent. So when God says something, it is not going to return to void to him. Now, it may take a while. It only took 4,000 years to get redemption into the earth. Do you know why? Because he was working with man. But every prophet that rose up and spoke a messianic prophecy and uh, and the devil killed him, God rose up another prophet. Amen. So it is with you and I. You might as well be the one to declare the promises of God and reap them in your life, even if anybody around you doesn't. Hallelujah. And so uh, let's go on. So for, uh, for Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should be um, come the father of many nations as he had been promised. Here's the promise. So numberless shall your descendants be. He held on to that. He says, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but God, I'm trusting you. Watch this. He did not weaken in faith when he considered. He did, I love this translation. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead, because he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead and womb. I don't care how dead things may be around you, God can raise that from the dead. It can be your health, it can be a relationship, or it can be your money. God will raise it back to life if you will trust in him. Hallelujah. I don't know how many examples are in the world of men going totally broke and end up becoming multimillionaires and going totally broke and becoming multimillionaires. Amen. Let's go, let's go towards that rather than the opposite direction. Stay in faith. The Bible says he didn't weaken when he considered all these things. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtedly questioned, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give God praise that he's faithful to his word. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. You're faithful to your word. Amen. Now, some of you didn't do that. I didn't see you. But see, that is childlike faith. That's childlike faith. Oh, okay, I'm going to do that. That's simply you, just simply you just reaching, stepping on that water. Make sure, okay, Peter didn't do that. Okay, I think, I think the, no, he just stepped out by faith. And the, and, the, and the anointing of God held him up on that water, didn't he, when he walked to Jesus. Amen. That, that's what I'm trying to do is get you just to wiggle your, your faith toll. Just, just step out, stretch a little bit. Amen. Once more, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm trusting in you, trusting you. for my breakthrough. For my breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, give God praise. Hallelujah. Breakthrough ain't coming for me. I mean, I wish it could. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible says, fully satisfied. And assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. He was fully satisfied. He just rested in God. Don't know what's going to happen, Lord, but I'm fully satisfied that you're going to get the job done. You're going to fulfill what you promised. The Bible says, um, fully satisfied, assured that God was able to mi- and mighty to keep his word and to do what he promised. That is why faith was credited to him as righteousness or right standing with God. Now, the, but the words, it was credited to him, were written not for his sake alone. Oh, Really? But who else? They were written for our sakes too. 
Righteousness or standing acceptable to God will be granted and credited to us also who believe, trust in, I love that, the Amplified, trust in, adhere to, and rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. How many believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? Amen. Amen. So you take that by faith, don't you? Don't you take that by faith? You weren't there. You accept the, the truth that, it, that is true. And because you do that, praise God, uh, that brings uh, an internal security inside of you that, hey, praise God, I'm a Christian. I'm born of God. I believe the redemptive work that Jesus did was for me. Well, why not accept all the other promises in the word of God that belong to you? Now, so he goes on and says, who raised Jesus from the dead, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds, was raised to secure our justification, making our account balanced and absolving us from all guilt before God. Now, I've got to read the last portion of this in the message, and we're going to pray. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Have you ever had a hopeless situation in your life? I have too. I mean, I mean, tough situations. Deciding to live, watch this, not on the basis of what he saw, he couldn't do, but he lived on what God said he would do. He, he, he said, well, I can't do nothing about it. There's some things in your life you can't do nothing about, but you can trust God, and he'll work for you. Let's go on. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he said. That is why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham. It's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrificed Jesus made us fit for God and set us right with God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You got to remember. I wish I could get into the life of Abraham. You know, I am... I, I, um, you know, study the Bible, and sometimes you forget things. But there, there's one story when, when the Bible, right there, right there in Genesis 12, when he leaves the land of Ur and he heads into the land of Canaan, he's there for a while, he prays, gets direction from God, and there was a great famine. So he runs over to Egypt, and when he gets to Egypt, he says, oh, oh wait a minute, time up. Sarah, tell the Pharaoh that you're my sister, because, because otherwise he's going to kill me if he discovers that you're my wife. Remember, Sarah, she's 75 years old. She must have been a hunk of hunk of burning love for the fair to want her. Come on, everybody. Not trying to be carnal. But guess what? 10 years later at 85, they come to King Abimelech in chapter 20, I think it is, and he tells her the same thing. Tell him that you're my sister, because if I don't, they may kill me. Yeah, I mean... Think about, I mean, twice he lied, and yet in, in his weakness, God still used him. Say, say there's hope for me. Of course. Amen. Now she's 85 years old, and the king of Bimelech wanted her in his harem. I mean, my goodness, she must have been. God, can you believe 85? And there was no facelift workers in those days? No one to iron the wrinkles out? Her youth was renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. I know, I just love it. I just love it. I love it. I love the stories. I love the stories. I mean, I love the stories when God comes to her and says, and says you're going to bear a child. And she says to God, I can remember, well, I think it was about 20 years ago that I had pleasure with my Lord. Just 20 years ago. And I just love her attitude. She laughed. It got quiet in here. I don't know why it got quiet in here. She laughed because she says, this is hilarious. Is this, could this really happen? Well, it did. 
Abraham, he, uh, God restored him and restored her. Now, she died later, but he went on to have more kids. I'm just simply saying that God can fix what is broken in your life. He can take the impossibilities in your life. Please, faith is the only thing that you and I, uh, it's, it's the only source of power that you and I have to reach into this realm of the unseen world called the spirit realm to get God's attention. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.